0: City to city, state to state, worldwide, you are in the zone, baby. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. listening to In the Cards, a brand new show all about our St. Louis Cardinals. The latest news, rumors, and views, all right here on In the Zone Network. Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. this very odd we get on a weekend during the playoffs, especially on a Saturday. And your team's not playing. It just seems so strange. But that's the way these division series and playoffs, that's the way they tend to line up. Makes for rather, I'm just not sure what to do with myself today. You know, I really don't. We've, um, we've had a day full of a uh, little bit of soccer, a little bit of uh, gymnastics for the girl. I had the uh, privilege of uh, selling popcorn with my two Cub Scouts. They really should change the name of that. I don't know why they have to call them Cub Scouts. I guess it's tradition, but the word cub just bothers me. Especially it being on a patch on one of my children's armbands. All right. Well, uh, nothing to it. Hey, if you uh, are out to support your local packs, please do. And not just for the kids, but the parents are out there suffering with them in front of all the grocery stores and everything. Ugh. But it's over, and now all we have left to do is just to walk around the neighborhood and get rid of this inventory. It goes to a good cause. I'm not going to complain. Mostly because it's over. That's the best part. All right, well, let's get into it. So it is odd. It's a Saturday. The team has an off day, a travel day. They should be back in St. Louis by now. Atlanta has managed to level out the series one game apiece. But the Cardinals are now... You really have to say that at a minimum, what you wanted to do was you wanted to split. You wanted to steal a game in Atlanta, bring it back home for the chance to close it out. So we can talk briefly about game one. Of course, that was on Thursday, and I'm sure that uh, everybody listening to this has been through this game and heard other podcasters, other people that are actually professionals in media give their take on game one. I'll just give my brief one here. I was confident in Miles Michaelis getting the start, so I had no issue with Jack Flaherty starting the final game of the regular season against the Cubs. He looked very sharp. And Miles Michaelis, uh, in this game, I think did rather well. You know, he kept his team right in there. He kept them um in the game. Uh, you know, gave up that early run, but you know, that stuff happens. That was a just sort of a an odd play. It was a throwing error. Um by second baseman Colton Wong, allowing uh, that run to score. But you have to score to win anyway. So the Cardinals had to plate something sooner or later, but Miles Michaelis, I think, did a great job holding them to that until the Cardinals were able to tie it up in the fifth inning. And here's what I love about the fifth inning. You know, this is the kind of stuff I miss. Hey, look, I love a, I love a timely and a dramatic home run just like everybody else. I also love what Dexter Fowler did in the fifth inning. You know, that's what I have seen a little bit more from the Cardinals. I would love to see more, but I saw way more than I did last year, and that's guys just doing what they have to do to make sure that they move that runner over or get that runner home. And Dexter was out a little bit in front of it, kind of lunged at it, but he managed to hit it on the ground to the right side. And that allows a speedy guy like Harrison Bader to get home rather easily without a play. So kudos to Dex for that. I feel that Yachty's probably one of the best people on the team that, that gives himself up to get a runner over. And maybe it's just what my eyes have managed to catch at any given time, but it, usually if there's ever a player up there that I want to see in that type of situation, and that would be Molina, who's an excellent contact hitter. But uh, kudos to Dex. That was, uh, that's what I would love to see more of. Situational hitting, just putting the bat on the ball, doing what you got to do. Atlanta jumped out ahead in the bottom of the sixth inning. They put a couple runs home. You know, people uh, were unhappy um, just at the defense in this inning. And, uh, you know, I've I've watched this play now a few times. And I can just kind of, well, I'm sorry, I'm getting the sixth and then the first innings, uh, I'm getting them mixed up. I don't want to go back to the first inning. We know what happened there. Uh, throwing error by by Paul DeYoung, just kind of a weird play. Um, you know, tough hop up to Tommy Edmond. You know, maybe nine times out of ten he gets he gets that in the web of his glove, but he didn't. And um, Paul DeYoung just trying to make something happen. You know, made a, a, a horrible throw uh, to second base. Uh, Wong couldn't hang on to it. The bad news is two runs scored on that. So that's that's the tough part. But you know, Paul DeYoung was was trying to make something happen. He should have just eaten it. Um, only one run scores, maybe we don't know next. We don't know what the, what would have happened after that at the plate, the situation's different, but that's baseball. And it was, and and it wasn't like how our Cardinals have played, you know, you think about it. And for a while in that game, Edmund, DeYoung and Wong, um, all had errors. Now that, uh, play that skipped off of, uh, took that bad hop on Edmund was later ruled a base hit, but very unlike our infield defense. So I think this playoff atmosphere and the adrenaline, the intensity level, I think that came into play a little bit early on in this game. And well, that's all I got to say. I think that has everything to do with it. But the Cardinals did not give up. Paul Goldschmidt gets them within a run, and, and you know what? This is only it was only the second Cardinal run of the game. But for some reason I just felt, and maybe it's just me sitting in you know sitting in my living room. I think that home run made a huge difference. It cut their lead in half. And I think it opened it up for the rest of the lineup to contribute in this game. So I think that, that's, that home run by Paul Coltschmidt was, first of all, it was a shot. Um, and you didn't even ha- they didn't have to pan the camera to the outfield. You knew it was gone. We knew it was gone as soon as he connected on it. You know sometimes when those guys hit those deep fly balls or hell sometimes they even show like a pop up but when you're watching from the you know the center field angle of the camera you always like ooh, ooh that might be out of here and then ends up being a you know routine fly or something on the track um this one they didn't even need to put the camera out there everybody knew that thing was gone but that set up an opportunity later for um pinch hitter matt carpenter to single to left field to plate the tying run Um, And then something else happened on that play. You know, the Cardinals, uh, Colton Long was attempting to score, got thrown out at home, but the Cardinals had tied it at this point. First, I want to talk about Matt Carpenter's hit. You know, that wasn't a scorcher. Um, You know, that wasn't, uh, the ball wasn't hit particularly well, but it did the job. And and so I guess the lesson is, you know, get the ball in play and see what happens. And, And Carpenter was able to do that. So credit to him for stepping in off the bench, you know, kind of out of his usual role has been for a while now. But he did what needed to be done to get the game tied. And I do not blame Colton Wong for trying to score. You know, you could argue that didn't have to be a perfect throw. And he may have still been out. But it took a pretty damn good throw to get a speedy guy like Wong. I don't mind them rolling the dice on a play like that. Not even in a playoff game. Not when it felt that, you know, runs at this game, uh, this particular game at that point in time, at least. Mm, you know, hey, look, if we can get four, we m- we might have this thing. runs seem kind of scarce. And of course, we we have a pretty damn good bullpen, I think with the exception of what happened in the ninth inning. Um, But I'll get to that in a second. So Ozuna in the ninth steps up and comes through big with a double, and he really ripped it down the line just inside the bag. Good for him. He's been struggling, and I didn't expect him in this game to... To be the guy or the hero. I, I just, I, I didn't have high expectations for him coming up to bat in that situation. But you know what? I'm glad to be wrong and good for him. Cardinals go up by two and then Colton Wong adds another double, puts him up seven to three. We got Carlos Martinez coming in the bottom of the ninth. Everybody's feeling pretty good. And then just moments later, everybody's on the edge of their seat, biting nails, you know, puckering up in all the wrong places. That was tough to watch. And Thank God that challenge on the play at first from, um, Albies, I believe it was, uh, am I right about that? Yes, I am. Thankfully that was upheld because from the angle, I couldn't 100% tell if Goldie's foot actually stayed on the bag or not, but the call was upheld. There wasn't enough there to, to turn it. Thank goodness, because Freddie Freeman comes up and then pops a solo shot to center field. That wasn't a cheap shot either. That thing was, that thing was hammered. We would have had a tie game at that point. Um, that would have been awful. Um, but with nobody on and two outs, Martinez was able to close it out, and game one is in the bag. So, gotta feel pretty good, especially when you take the first game. You know, you throw the first punch and you land it, and now you got Atlanta a little backed up. So we're all feeling good about game one. Hey. You've already accomplished your goal going into the visitors home for the first two games. And you split. And that's what you want to do because now you bring it home with a chance to close it out. On to game two. So you take the opener and you feel pretty good having your ace on the mound. Jack Flaherty had a historic second half of the season. Baseball's best pitcher. Second half of the season, he had a .91 ERA. I believe he was 7-1. and one. I don't have it in front of my face. But I think he was 7-1, and one, something like that. Would have been a lot better had he had run support or better run support. But regular games are over, and now we're in the playoffs. We all feel great. He's starting game two, staring right at the opportunity to go up two games to nothing on the visitor's turf. Chance to bring it home. Play a little bit more relaxed in game three. And at worst, you try to close the door, shut the door on him in game four. Now, that could still happen, but now you're going back with a split. Okay, already said it. A split's what you wanted at a minimum. They accomplished that. But in this game here, it really wasn't the story of Jack Flaherty. He held them to three runs, pitched into the eighth inning, kept his team right there. And that's what you needed. That's what you asked him to do. So this story on this game, gosh, it's got to be the Cardinals offense, right? I mean, it has to be. So Flaherty goes eight innings. Gives them a quality start. Keeps them in the game. Gives them a chance to win. Again, the offense. You plate nobody. You strike out 11 times. Scatter six hits around. No walks, by the way. I'll do credit to Fulton Avich. I think I'm saying that right. They call him Fulty. I mean, he pitched great. He also went seven innings, three hits, seven strikeouts. And Atlanta's bullpen did the job coming in, to close it out. There was a little bit of booing going on when uh, Adam Duvall stepped up to the plate and Fulton Avich got pulled um, in the bottom of the seventh inning for a pinch hitter with an opportunity uh, given to Adam Duvall. So there were some boo birds out there in Atlanta. They weren't too happy with seeing that. They wanted uh to stay in there. Can't say I blame them, but I totally get the move by uh, the Braves manager, uh, Snicker. He saw an opportunity there to, to add some insurance to it, give the, hand it over to the bullpen, give them another chance. Well, that decision worked out. Adam Duvall, of course, catches a mistake from Jack, one of only two he made all day long. And, well, game's tied. But guess that happens. And I'm sorry, that uh, Flaherty gave up that home run in the seventh inning. I keep thinking it was the eighth inning for some reason. But in the seventh inning is when uh, Flaherty gave up those two runs. So the story here, it's got to be the Cardinals offense. I don't want to diss the Braves pitcher. I mean, give him credit. He um, had great control. He was out ahead of the – he was out ahead more often than not. Cardinals just couldn't make anything happen. They couldn't make a lot of solid contact. I think there were a few line drives. A couple of them were caught. I know Edmund had a nice – he had a nice stroke, I believe, in inning one, but it was was right at the outfielder. I I mean – That kind of stuff happens, but for the most part, I think he had the the lineup guessing. Had him unbalanced. They weren't really getting quality swings. Let's speak of quality swings. I don't want to make this the uh, Bash-Bader episode. I want to get to Bader here shortly. The Cardinals just couldn't get anything going on offense. and and, You know, this lineup is essentially the, the same that they ran out there for game one. It worked out for them. But as you look at it right now, it's, uh, you know, six hits. Two of them off the bat of Marcelo Zuna. He's having a nice little start to the postseason. Give him credit for that. Yachty pitched him with a couple. Like Ho- Jose Martinez. I think he, Yeah, he, he had a pinch hit, and I think Goldschmidt had one uh, earlier in the game. But that's, that's all you can say. They just couldn't get anything going. They couldn't, again, once again, Jack Flaherty falls victim to no run support. Not a lot of pitchers in baseball can pitch the entire game, not give up a run. But this guy can. You have to score to win. They didn't do it. Jack had no chance. So he takes a playoff loss in his first start. Still a pretty damn good start, though. We would take that for most of our pitchers. If I told you right now Adam Wainwright was going to pitch seven innings, only give up three runs in St. Louis, most of us probably say, hey, look, we'll take it. Sign us up right now. W- would we? Because the way this offense goes, not so sure, right? I kind of thought of that as soon as 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 soon as it came out of my mouth. Like, well, maybe not. Seven runs, one game. Shut out in game two. Again, the situational hitting, just taking what's given to you. Going to the opposite field. I wanna go back to something I was gotta get my thought back here. Had a little interruption here in the uh studio. And that's what happens. You know when you wanna do these things on the weekend and you have kids at home, you're gonna run into it from time to time. Well, None of you are feeling sorry for me, and you shouldn't. My point was I heard Kyle Reese make a comparison earlier this week on a show with uh, Jim Cromer, Two Birds on a Bat. Actually, he was on that same show, earlier segment. I wasn't on with Kyle, though. I keep trying to get Kyle on Team Arrivals, and hes I guess he doesn't read his messages at night. Him and I have to talk about that. Um, He made a comparison, which I thought was pretty fair, and that was he compared Harrison Bader a lot to Randall Gritchick. I mean, the exception is, of course, Gritchik's numbers this year. I think he had thirty home runs or is what they stated. I haven't looked at anything on Gritchuk, but remembering his time with the Cardinal, it just to me, the guy had the same swing every pitch. No fastball, up, down, and out. Off speed pitch. Didn't matter. The guy had the same damn swing every pitch and I can't help but to look at this and go that's not the direct comparison Kyle was making but when I think about it remember what I remember about Gritchick and then I watch Harrison Bader bat and I just am looking I feel like I'm looking at the same thing right I don't I don't know who I know if people are fascinated with both of their hair oh Bader, Bader had the flowing golden locks earlier in the year and everybody loved to talk about it and put cute little pictures and shit out of them on, on social media everybody talked about Randall Gritchik's flowing locks Well, you know what, folks? It's okay to be excited about a player that you like. I can't tell anybody how to do it. But to me, I'm looking at this and going, what's going on with him? He looked lost on every pitch. He, He swung and he had struck out three times, okay? Again, it's baseball. That stuff happens. Happens to the best of hitters. Except Tony Gwynn, but he strike every time strike three occurred and the bat missed the ball by a lot. He struck out on three balls. A couple of them weren't even close. He just he doesn't have pitch recognition. It doesn't appear that he's trying to go with the pitch or go up the middle. It just doesn't look like that if you're watching it. Okay, I know this game's hard but he looks confused. He looks lost. He should not be starting on Sunday. He'd not be in my lineup. I want to get to tomorrow's game here in a second, but if he starts tomorrow, I'm going to, it's really going to be a head scratcher for me. So in this game, I mean, not a lot occurred. This game went rather quick. I felt Um, only three runs scored on game two and 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 it is what it is it's just the story is the offense just no support once again of Jack Flaherty everybody's piling on top of Harrison Bader and he had a he had a bad he had a terrible game at the plate okay but you look look up and down this lineup nobody had a great day Colton Long had a pair of strikeouts Paul DeYoung had a pair of strikeouts Six, seven, and eight batters, no hits at all. Seven strikeouts combined. So the bottom half of the order didn't do anything. And by the way, in games like this, Paul DeYoung looks just as lost as Harrison Bader, which explains why DeYoung's batting seventh. We'll take, look, folks, we'll all take the defense. Paul DeYoung's been very solid, had one bad play in game one. But he's been very solid defensively. Harrison Bader, we all know, uh, as an outfielder, he's their best outfield defender by far. He can track anything down. He can run the bases. Stole third base blind off Dallas Keuchel in the first game. So, to me, this guy's best utilized with the Cardinals as a late defensive replacement pinch runner. I think that's the, how they can best utilize him. Now, you don't expect – maybe you don't expect your eighth-order hitter to carry the team, and, and, you know, he wasn't in a lot of situations yesterday that were – you know, he had uh, runners on first and second for his first strikeout. So there was a runner in scoring position, but there's two outs. You know, that doesn't occur occur very often. So he's not the only one that had a bad day, but his at-bats look the worst. I'd say followed by Young. Up the middle defenders – You know, you hear a lot of teams that go, hey, we'll we'll take whatever offense we can get from our shortstop. We'll take whatever offense we can get from our center fielder. We'll take whatever offense we can get from our catcher. And that's okay. We just want their gloves out there. No denying their gloves. But when the rest of the team's not hitting, that's when it stands out more. So that brings us to game three, which will occur on Sunday. I'm recording this on Saturday. Saturday. My lineup would look a little bit like this. For now, I'm leaving Dexter Fowler in the leadoff position, but tomorrow he's going to be in center field, and I know we give up something defensively to put him in center field. I get it. There might be a ball in the gap he doesn't get to that Harrison Bader gets to. There might be a, a lame duck out to center field that, that you know Fowler's taken on one hop. Bader's, you know got grass in his shorts leaping to get it and gets it. I get that we sacrifice something defensively. We know Fowler is not a great center fielder. Really, was he ever? He's a serviceable center fielder. As much as I kind of don't necessarily want to do this, but I probably put Carpenter at third base. I'm jumping around the order. I'm going to go in the lineup order first, and I'll tell you where I'm playing him. I have Fowler leading off in center field. I have Tommy Edmond, this is what I was meant to say, um, in right field. And I was all over this earlier in the year when I you see a, you know, a super utility infielder in the outfield when you just brought a bunch of outfielders up in a Rose Arena and Lane Thomas, and you see Tommy Edmond in right field. That's because they were car- trying to get Carpenter's bat going at third. I get it. But I was all over this early now. But that's where I'm putting him tomorrow. I'm putting him in right field and batting him second. Neither one of those guys had a great game. In game two either, they were 0 for 8 combined. Made contact, only Dexter struck out once. Those are my first two. Goldschmidt, of course, you can just put him in ink at first base. I stick with Ozuna. Ozuna's swinging a pretty good bat right now. He's my left fielder. He's batting cleanup. Now, this is where my lineup might differ a little bit from the one we saw in game two. I have Matt Carpenter batting fifth and at third base. I have Colton Wong, batting sixth, and at second base. I trusted my ability to do this so well, and I didn't do it. Damn it. I went out of order. Hold on. Let me rewind this. Run it back. Fowler center field, Edmund right field, Goldschmidt first base, Ozuna left field. Mm, I skipped one. I skipped Yadier Molina. Damn it. He's our catcher. He's batting fifth. I should never do this. I should never handwrite these things because I can't read my own writing. I get excited and I skip names. Or I read backwards. I don't know what I'm doing. Matt Carpenter's batting sixth. He's playing third base. Colton Wong is batting seventh. Now I have Paul DeYoung batting eighth. Okay? I'm not too hell-bent on any order that those bottom of the order should be in. You know, you could flip-flop Wong and DeYoung. That's fine um i kind of like the lefty righty thing i mean maybe that's just voodoo it doesn't really work that way that's the way i have it penciled in. the biggest change obviously is harrison bader can come off the bench in a pinch you know a pinch run situation or um a defensive replacement late in the game some may be wondering why hey why, why wouldn't you put a rosarina in right field and just leave tommy edmund at third base okay if that happens i'm not going to cry about that either But what have we seen from a Rose Arena lately? He just hasn't, he hasn't had that much time, playing time. So, do, you know, is that the right thing to do? Should you give him a start in a tied series? I'm not so sure. I like the kid, but I think if he needed to play more in order for, to at least convince me, I'd give him a start in the playoffs. So I don't know if I'd do that. I definitely don't have Jose Martinez starting in right field. So i go with the lineup I just mentioned to you. Those are all weapons that can come off the bench, and I'm perfectly fine with that. And maybe if the uh, shot fired back at me is, hey, start a Rosarina in center field, leave Dexter Fowler in right, leave Tommy Edmond at third, cool. Lineup shows up like that, I'm perfectly fine with that. I just don't know what we reasonably expect from a Rose Arena, just given his lack of playing time. That's how my lineup would shake up. And, of course, we know the veteran Adam Wainwright, who's pitched very well at Bush Stadium this year, gets a start in Game 3. What are our expectations for for Adam Wainwright? I think he gives him a quality start. Bullpen has been very effective at home. Tomorrow is going to come down, I believe, Tomorrow is going to come down to the offense. Can they score runs? I have confidence Adam Wainwright does his job. The bullpen does their job. It's going to come down to the bats. That is my concern. Soroka goes for Atlanta. So he went, he had a, I mean he had a nice little year, 13 to 4, 2.7 ERA somewhere around there. Struck out about 140 plus batters. Righty. He has a hell of a road ERA. I'm looking at it right now. Wow. 1.55. So that's pretty good. So Mike Soroka goes for Atlanta. Righty against Adam Wainwright, 14-10, 4.2 ERA, 4.19 to be exact. I round up, folks. Come on, give me a break. 150 plus Ks. So 310, Bush Stadium tomorrow. I'm anxious. I hate that we're not playing baseball on a Saturday, but we can't play every day, I guess. I guess these guys need a day to travel, right? I'm looking forward to it. I know all of you are as well. We'll see what happens, you know. Story of game two for the Cardinals was offense couldn't produce. Let us us hope and pray it's not the story of game three. I think the Cardinals flip the script a little bit on this one, and they get to this kid early. They put up a couple early tallies against this Braves team on the road. I think the Cardinals stand a great chance tomorrow to jump out in the lead two games to one with a chance to close it out on Monday. That'd be ideal. That would be awesome. (laughs) Little beef I have with Monday. Gosh, what is this? These NLDS games starting at three o'clock on a weekday. How the hell do they do that to me? I might mysteriously work from home on Monday. Maybe I do a live thing. I don't know. I predicted on two birds on a bat when I was on with Jim this week that. Cardinals going to take this thing in four games. Felt pretty good after them taking game one with Jack Flaherty going to game two. I'm like, damn, I'm definitely going to be right. They have to sweep it home. And how about, how about that series out in LA? Washington does exactly what St. Louis does, and they come out of it with a split. It's exactly what you want to do. And Clayton Kershaw once again in the playoffs gives it up. You know, I don't know if any of us feel bad for him because Card- he's been, he's fell victim to the Cardinals several times now in the postseason. But now they got to go back to Washington with a split series. So the National League, I'd say, you know what, some darn pretty good competition. LA, you know, I think we can all agree looking at what happened in the regular season. LA had the best team in the National League. I think you look at it and you're like, yeah, they do. Can't really argue it. They definitely have the most experience in the postseason. A lot of big names on their roster. Gee, you never know what's going to happen, right? National League, Division Series, all tied up. It'll be fun. You get an All-American League thing on the on the plate today. How fun is that, right? Minnesota, New York, Tampa Bay, Houston. Home teams are up. One game to nothing right now. So it's all AL today. Whoopity-doo. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. All right, you should hear from me again relatively soon. You can find me on Facebook in the cards that's the letter in the cards podcast in the cards podcast on twitter you can find me at in at in the letter in at in the cards pod on twitter drop me a line give me some feedback let me know what i'm good at bad at let me know if you think you can do better some of you can Please give me a rate, give me a rating, give me a review on the podcast. Love that. We've got three in so far, but we're only in our third episode here. Who's counting? I'd love to hear from you guys, though. Um, And I want to thank In The Zone Network for giving me this platform to work with. Solo shows are kind of, uh, they're interesting because I can kind of uh, shut these off whenever I want to, come back when I get a thought in my head. Instead of talking to myself in my living room, not talking to a microphone could have done this years ago don't know why I didn't I want to thank in the zone network though for giving me this platform Palmer Arlington Derek the whole crew check them all out on in network.com subscribe to their podcast too because this this one right here you're listening to now also shows up on in the zone network podcast whatever podcast player you use just look up in the letter in the zone They'll pop up, all the shows, all the the stuff they offer, all shows up there, as well as those individual podcast feeds. But if you want the whole thing, go to End The Zone Network. Remind everybody, I also do a podcast called the Team Rivals Podcast. We do that every other Thursday. It's a Cub-Cardinals rivalry podcast. Two Cubs fans, two Cardinals fans, we go at it. We're all pretty friendly because we all grew up in the middle and around this whole rivalry. And so, all good friends. We do talk a little shit back and forth to each other, but who doesn't? But it's really interesting. Uh, a couple years well, a couple of years ago, I had Pete physically out here with me, and we did a couple of recaps after the Cubs and, and Nationals were playing. Uh, I believe it was 2017. Yes, it was in 2017. It was fun to do, and it's fun for Cub fans to hear a Cardinals fans' perspective watching them in the playoffs. And I enjoy hearing the Cubs, pers- you know, my my friends' perspective being Cubs fans. What whether what are, whether what are they seeing what are they looking at? Because you know what when you're when you're when you, it's not your team on the field, you can tend to be a little bit more objective about what you're seeing. Uh, I know that we get passionate. We're Cardinals fans, and you know, I try to be as objective as I can. Sometimes I'm not, but it's an interesting show. Love doing it. Um, also, I'm doing a new venture with uh, Two Birds on a Bat. The show is called Ruffled Feathers. I'm doing that with Jim Cromer. That show is all for the fans. To give them a voice. Give them a platform. You can interact with the show via text line. They set up a voicemail. I'm sorry. I didn't set up a voicemail. I Set up a text line. Um, you can hashtag Ruffled Feathers with a hot take, an opinion, something you're seeing, something that's bothering you, something that's making you really happy. You want to hear from everybody on that show. I'm gonna do that with Jim every Tuesday. So go to twobirdsonabat.com. Check that out. And more information to come. If you don't follow uh, them on social media at Birds on a Bat Show, give us your Ruffled Feathers hot take and hashtag Ruffled Feathers. As Jim said, though, to warn you, we will be calling you out, good and bad. It's all in good fun. I want to thank Russ Robinson, too. He uh, wrote an article for twobirdsonabat.com, uh, mentioned all the shows I'm involved in up top. Um, I love doing this kind of stuff. I love baseball. With all kinds of words and phrases and opinion flying through my head, this is just what happens. It's just what happens. also mentioned another new podcast from uh, Cardinals Nation 24-7. It used to be a, a group I was um, – I was a well, I'm, sorry, I'm I'm a member, but it used to be a group I was I was really close to, and we did a we did a couple uh, not a couple we did several shows last year, uh, exclusively for that group. A lot of fun, but they've uh, those guys over there have ventured out, and done their own, are doing their own thing on there, and of course they know their stuff. So check them out too. All right, everyone. Uh, who knows, man? I, I might be back on the mic tomorrow, maybe Tuesday morning. Whatever, it's playoff time. I can't get enough. So you might hear from me again quickly. All right, everyone. Until next time, go Cards.